Hey everyone, Zach Dixon here, and welcome to episode number nine of Animalators, curious conversations from the world of animation. Before we get started today, I wanted to share some super exciting news, and it's that Animalators is now part of the Gradient Podcast Network. Um, the kind of crew behind it is uh, actually right next door to Identity Visual's office. Um, and I've become great friends with, with the people behind it, and I'm incredibly excited to just be a part of um, what this is going forward. Uh, Gradient is a brand focused on two things, identity and culture, and they tell stories at the intersection of both through long-form features, in-depth reporting, and daily content called reactions. You can find out more about Gradient at gradient.is, that's gradient.is. If you go there now, you'll see it's still under construction, but at the end of February, they'll be launching the full site, and I think you guys are going to love it. So I, I couldn't be more excited. This is our first Gradient episode. Today on the show, we have Sander van Dijk. He is a motion designer born and raised in the Netherlands and currently residing and working freelance in New York City. With over a decade of industry experience under his belt, Sander has worked with some of the best studios in the business, including King & Country, Buck, and Giant Ant. Over the years, Sonder has even created a few tools for animators like Ray Dynamic Color and Ouroboros. And just this past year, Sonder helped put on the design and animation conference Blend in Vancouver. Today, we'll talk a little bit about Sonder's story, his philosophy behind his work, and why he recently left a dream job at Buck to go out on his own. All coming up on this week's episode of Animalators. Well, Sonder, thanks so much for being on the show. I'm excited to have you. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so I've been following your work for quite some time. I think the first thing I ever saw was the thing you did for Pause Fest a little while ago. Still blows my mind till this day. I downloaded it in 4K, um, 60 frames per second, and man, that was super cool. Um, so super pumped to have you on. Um, I'd love to let's just let's just get right into your story. I I read that you initially studied architecture and carpentry. Mm -hmm. um, how, how did this transition into animation? And, and do you still use those skills? Does that affect your animation work? Hmm. Um, yeah, I think architecture and motion graphics are, are very closely related. Um, even whenever I build something these days, I actually model it in Cinema 4D first. Oh, no way. And then, I, and then I can get kind of an idea of what it looks like. Yeah. And then I can get all the dimensions out of it. So <clears throat> I feel like a, a lot of that stuff is really closely related. And I also feel like a lot of perspective drawing and geometry kind of influenced my work. But yeah, it, it, it all started with that pretty much. And, and then one day... Um, while I was making all these things, one day my dad came back home and he brought one of those little Logitech webcams. Oh, nice. And it came with stop motion software. Nice. Um, I, had, I had one of those too. I, it was like awesome. horrible image quality, but yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. super crappy, which is good because you can hide a lot of things. Yeah. Um, I hear actually a lot of people started that way with, oh, with yeah. stop motion. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was building all these things and now I can use stop motion uh, to to make it move and it was was like magic like a whole nother whole nother world opened up for me mm. and um yeah then then i took that a step further because like one day i saw the very first matrix film and i was i was so impressed by the visual effects that i just wanted to figure out how that they how they were made yeah 
Um, so I looked up all the behind-the-scene footage that I could find, and together with my friends, I would start to try and recreate some of these effects, like bullet time and all that <laughs> stuff. Bullet? Um, did you like set up like the? Did you buy like a million Logitech webcams and like set up a bullet time <laughs> rig or something? No, that was the problem. Like we had to figure out like how to. How to like we can't buy six hundred cameras. What do we do? <laughs> uh, so we kind of like make these rigs with uh, Legos, or like try to make oh, uh, awesome. rigs in another way with the carpentry, building things. Yeah, um, yeah, and then adding three D to it. It, it. it was a mess, but of course, of course. <laughs> eventually, yeah. eventually, it, it it did get me a job at this visual effects studio in Amsterdam. Oh, nice! And that's where I, I learned some learned more. Uh, learned how to do visual effects in the proper way. Like I worked on some visual effects for Dutch movies. And nice. that led me to to doing some of the film titles for these movies too. Oh, very cool. And that's really where um, that's where I feel like I started. That's where I really feel like I discovered motion graphics. Oh, wow. And I wanted to learn much more about it. But uh, in that time, there weren't that much good studios in Amsterdam. And mm-hmm. that kind of brought me to the United States. And brought me to working with these studios like King and Country and all the way to studios like Buck and yeah, yeah now I'm freelance again so that's crazy so so I understand that you spent time full time at Buck uh pretty recently and then um decided to make the transition to freelance um could you maybe talk yeah. a little bit about that about that cuz i mean uh i mean i feel like it's it's a lot of people's dreams you know dream gig working at Buck full time um mm. But yeah, why why did you decide to make that transition? Sure, um, my my time at Buck was has been amazing. Um, the people that work there are are some of my biggest inspirations, and collaborating with those people uh, was a huge honor. And I would I would never think I would ever leave a place like that. Um, hmm. But oftentimes. Oftentimes we would take on these projects that I personally didn't really believe in. And some of us in the industry are able to really separate the work from our personal values. Sure. Yeah. Um, but I, I really struggle with that. So Interesting. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm someone who is very plugged in and aware of the world around me. And um, some of the messages that we were communicating with advertising, they, they just didn't feel right to me. Um, so a, a good example of that would be like, um, so much people in our world are are getting obese, and we're approaching over a third of the population in the U.S. who is who is now obese. Yeah, and in the U.K., it's even approaching two thirds of the population. Wow, that's crazy. That's insane. So, like, there's obviously something wrong with the food that we're eating and the messaging about it. Mm. Um, and it, and if I would ask, like, if I if I ask anyone listening to the podcast if they've ever worked on a project for a company that is selling processed foods or uh, soft drinks, I think a lot of people would, would raise their hands, sure. um, yeah, yeah. Inclu- including me. Yeah. Um, and then it becomes part of the problem because we, we are really good at what we do. Sure. Um, and and that, that's difficult for me. And oh, the way to deal with that was to leave my role at Buck behind. Hmm. Um, it was it was bittersweet for me because I was I was surrounded by some of the most talented people in the world, um, but but now that I'm freelance, 
I have a bit more control over the clients that I work with. And I feel like it's becoming more in line with like who I am as a person. And the work that I'm doing is, is yeah, it's more, it's more in line with my values and, and some of the things that I believe in. So I, I feel much better about that now. So, um, so kind of in, in response to that, like what do we do next like what if you know i you know personally own like a small studio like what you know there's a lot of freelancers out there that you know obviously have to make money right they have to they have to pay the bills but um also want to make a difference and and there are great studios out there making a difference like even buck buck itself does a lot of like great nonprofit work but but how do i don't know how do we kind of all work together i don't know can animation save the world yeah, uh, I I hear it a lot, right? <laughs> it's like let's let's save the world, or designers that are going to uh, sure. that are doing something to save the world. Yeah, a lot of times um, like super petty or something like that. Like it's like yeah, you know, like these crackers we're making, they're they're gonna save the world. Like oh, we're gonna <laughs> save the world, but uh, exactly. I don't know why I pick crackers, but it, it's yeah. very externally, <laughs> and it's like very we're gonna save something else. We're sure. gonna save uh, something outside of us, um, but. I believe that in order to change the world, we need to change ourselves. And we need to look inwards to some of the choices that we're making. So, like, if, if for example, if you would lift everyone off this plane, uh, change the world, right, with those crackers, and then uh, put everyone back in the same, uh, put everyone back with the same mindset, like, what do you think would happen, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, the world is changing, and you live in this world, so that means that you have to change. Mm -hmm. And hopefully the result of that uh, will be a better world for us all to live in. So part of the solution, I think, is, is making a choice on, for example, who to work with. And like, if you decide, like, work with companies that have a better vision for the world mm -hmm. and reach out to them and, and tell them about your work and, and what you can do for them. Um, <clears throat> another area that you can help is in your daily choices because if you no longer buy products that say harm the world uh, then you're voting with your money for, for the products that you do buy uh, because that, that's the product you would like to see more of in the world so those crackers for example <laughs> <laughs> terrible example uh, I came up with yes, yes. there's right? purpose um <laughs> So yeah, like, and to address some of your earlier points too, of like, well, you know, doing nonprofit work and that kind of stuff is like, there is this belief that only good things come out of nonprofits, uh, but there's a lot of for-profit companies that are doing good work. Oh, for sure. And yeah. they do have budgets. Mm -hmm. um, they just need our help and we need to reach out to them and support them because we believe in what they do and what they stand for. Um, and for example, Giant Ant is exploring that, yeah. right? Yeah, they even, uh, yeah, they, they even admitted on stage at the Blend Conference that they would not make as much money with those uh, projects that they would take on uh, compared to like the big fish uh, projects that have like million dollar budgets. Sure. But uh, on the other end, almost every project they touch is something that they believe in. Mm -hmm. And it looks like a masterpiece when they're done with it. Yeah. So it all it all kind of comes down to choice. And you're fully empowered as an individual with that choice. So sure. 
Yeah, man, I, I love I love their philosophy. I love the philosophy that Jay and, and Leah kind of lay out for that. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's incredible. It's and they they've got such a great setup in that way, and and I think it's yeah. that's really inspiring and something that we can all um, maybe hope to to maybe shift our thinking towards. Um, so some of these are you know a bit more of like kind of abstract concepts. Like, what are your kind of personal next steps towards? Mm. Um, I don't know, kind of implementing this kind of philosophy. Yeah. Um, looking forward, um, I, I see that communication is changing form, right? We're using way more visuals to communicate, like GIFs and emoticons and are, are like a tiny example of that. Uh, motion graphics, to me, is a really good tool to communicate really important ideas with. It's like, it almost feels like our modern alphabet. Uh-huh. And yeah. Right now, it's primarily used for advertising, but I think we can do way better than that. Um, so, to make good choices, uh, so my approach, like to make good choices, we need to be in good health in order to make good choices. Um, so, the first thing I looked at is like, what are some of the areas that need work? And for that, I chose uh, four areas I chose uh, food, uh, health. Um, awareness and technology and I found I found one person in each of those fields who I believe is on the right path and I'm reaching out to them and help them communicate their ideas that's awesome. so that I like that's, that yeah, yeah that that's one approach of uh, of doing it and then on the other side I'm, I'm choosing I'm choosing to work with clients that have the same values and that are changing their business to a more sustainable model um, <clears throat> like if you, I recently bought a chair from this furniture company, Herman Miller. Hey, that's, and, that's our office chairs. We have Herman Miller office exactly. chairs. I love them. Yeah. yeah. yeah they're, they're such good chairs. So they're already doing a lot of good. Yeah. Of course, fixing our backs or making sure that they're not going, uh, broken. Uh, but they're also, they also have a very big motivation and drive to change their business model to a more sustainable model. Oh, cool. So, and I feel like there's a lot of companies coming up these days that have these aspirations and they you know they want to go for that and they want to be more um thoughtful of how they run their business so yeah again it's 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 these choices that are they're going to make a difference and a lot of production studios are already uh doing these things like refusing uh, to work for say a cigarette company sure. um, yeah, yeah and i think these are very realistic steps uh towards a better future and like in in the big picture, in the big picture, ultimately, I believe that uh, the ultimate solution uh, would be is to look at how nature operates, uh, because nature operates on a like zero waste uh, system, and if we as humanity can mirror more of that, um, we can build a world that has plenty of food and plenty of housing to support everyone. And especially with our modern technology, we can study how nature does its things and we can automate maybe some of the processes. And that can also free up our time so that we can focus on the things that we love to do in life. So like, there's also this, this architect, uh, Buckminster Fuller, who you might have heard of. Yeah. Um, he, he was a big believer of this as well. And, and I think he had like this, this statistic where it's like in, within 10 years of, if Whole human, the whole humanity focuses their efforts on this. Like we could have, we could feed everyone, and we could have housing for everyone within ten years, uh, ten years time. So, but that, that's some sort. Of, that's that's more of the bigger picture. But sure. it might take a little bit longer than ten years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> so, so I know you're you're kind of early into your. How long ago did you leave Buck? About a half a year now. Okay, yeah. So pretty pretty early in your um, this chapter of of your work, I would say. But have you worked on any projects <laughs> that might be a good example of what you're talking about, or in the middle of that process? Yeah, le- like you said, it's still a bit early, but I've been focusing. I've been focusing on these four areas, and. Um, for example, in the area of food, I've been working on a project called sugardetox.me. Um, so this is a website and this, uh, the concept behind this project is that currently over 80% of our food that we find in the grocery store has added sugar to it and it's killing us and it's causing disease in many people. And we see the numbers are rising, uh, like in my earlier example. Yeah, my my wife is... All, all about that. She's all about telling me like, don't, don't eat that sugar. I'm like, all right. <laughs> it's so hard though, man. I love, yeah. I love candy and it's, I grew up in Hershey, Pennsylvania. So it's like, that's where they make the candy. But oh it, man. But that sugar, yeah. man, it's, <laughs> the stuff will kill you. But anyway, sorry. Well, and it's, <laughs> some, some research suggests that sugar is, is just as powerful as heroin. So like that says, says a whole lot about the addiction. That's probably why I love it so much. <laughs> so yes, but I, I'm, do, I'm doing good. I'm doing better, Sander. Yeah, so, so, yes. so yeah, it's not about like stopping it immediately. It's sure. like recognizing the problem and then slowly starting to figure out a way that we can improve the situation. But um, yeah, so sugar is pretty much found uh, in a lot of things, and, and there's even, like I think right now there's like 56 different names for sugar, um, but all those different things are all one and the same thing. It's, it's sugar, um, and you can, you can look it up on, on Google. I think you can just Google names for sugar, um, and sugar is composed of two, uh, two compounds. It's, it's glucose and fructose, and it's too much of that fructose that is not not that good for us and like sugar is normally really hard to get in nature um, if you look at uh, uh like honey you know like um now we just grab honey off the shelf but back in the day like you probably had to do a little more effort to get that <laughs> sure yeah uh, sweet stuff out of the honeycomb so um yeah it's it's it, it's a messy world out there as far as like communication because what is good for you and what is not good for you because if you look at um, some advertising campaigns from uh, soft drink companies, they would they would go tell you to to go count some calories and exercise some more. Um, while the real problem, I feel like, is is in is in the sugar. So <clears throat> um, there's one really good doctor researching about this. His name is um, Robert Lustig. Okay. If you want, yeah, if you yeah. want to know about this and you can also go to the website sugardetox.me uh, to get a whole lot more information about what is sugar doing to your body and um, yeah so with with that website we're building this program uh, to help people reduce the sugar intake and to educate about how to cook and and really going back to the basics of very just cool. making a very simple meal for yourself yeah. and like affordable uh, with normal ingredients that you know like are, are realistic to get um, <clears throat> combinations of ingredients so you can make multiple things out of the same uh, set of ingredients um, so that's an interesting project and another another project that I started in in the technology space is where I'm communicating some of the concepts of Tristan Harris and he has a project called Time Well Spent, and you can find that on timewellspent.io. 
and we find uh, we find in the, in these days that like people are getting very distracted with uh, like technology and our, our mobile devices, for example. Oh, right? Yeah, it's horrible. Everyone can everyone can relate to that being being stuck in that infinite scroll page. Oh yeah, I'm I'm Super. terrible at it. I like sitting there like browsing Twitter or something. I'm like. How long have I, yeah. do, have I been doing this? Like exactly, I, I should yeah. talk to my wife, who's lovely and sitting right next to me. <laughs> yes, yeah. It, it, you, like before we know it, we're we're wasting hours on on Facebook, and um, there there's some design challenges there. Um, it, it, so what he's exploring is like how can technology be designed, um, you know, in a way that it helps us spend our time well. Oh yeah. And right now our technology is it's like you said it's based on this attention economy. Sure. For companies like Facebook and Twitter, uh, they're fighting for our attention, you yeah. know, like they I, send you an email and they say like you've been tagged in a photo, but they don't show the photo. You got to go to Facebook. Yeah. To no, man, I I read this interesting article about Facebook. Um, it might have been around a year ago, but they they implemented this new design of Facebook and it it was like objectively a a better design. And what they found was through their ridiculous ways of of measuring how we spend our time on Facebook, they realized that because of this better design, people were getting access to the information that they needed and they wanted faster. And then they were leaving the site faster. So they actually made the decision to revert back to the the poor design because, you know, people were spending more time on Facebook in the old way, but that's yeah. less less ad clicks, that's less essentially money that they're they're gonna make. And I was just like, man, come on, it's Facebook. True. Like I personally I think that's like a horrible decision long term because I, I barely use Facebook anymore because I'm so frustrated. Like I don't yeah. see what I want to see and like, you know, there there are other ways that I can that I don't know, other ways I can experience that social social media in, in better designed ways. I don't know. I think it's a poor mistake, but I just thought that was, that kind of blew my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's correct. It's a huge attention like uh, economy where the more attention they get, the more money they make uh, because you spend more time on their platform. Yeah. Now there was this other research I, I saw that uh, if everyone using Facebook would pay $7 a year, Facebook would not have to do anything uh, oh required to do advertising i feel like youtube is going that way with youtube red like maybe they realized like maybe instead of you know we'll we'll offer it for free for advertising but maybe if people pay actually for the service we can start to cater the service towards those people that are using it Um, that would be super interesting that would be yeah that'd be a a very interesting shift i feel like there's been a few social medias like companies who have tried to do the subscription model i and i think there were like maybe a little ahead of their time. Like no one right now wants to pay for stuff like that, but maybe, maybe we'll get there. That, that could be really interesting. Yeah. Maybe our landscape needs to get so polluted that at some point mm. we just want to pay for something that just, yeah. you know. so he, Tristan is someone who is exploring some of these ideas that can make our relationship with technology better. And he has all these ideas, but he could really use someone to help visualize some of his ideas. And, and that's something where I feel like motion designers can really step in. Mm. Um, it, in that same light, um, to to go back to like to address some of the tools that I'm building and and the After Effects article. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Like they kind of originate out of that same space where um, visual communication itself is becoming more important. So do the tools that we create those visuals with. Um, and I really want to progress these tools forward so it becomes easier for us to 
to create animations. Sure. Yeah. So, so if anybody doesn't know, uh, Sonder has developed a few incredible tools for After Effects and for animators and motion designers. Uh, one is called Ray Dynamic Color. It's this kind of fantastic way to uh, organize the colors in, in your project and be able to change those out really easily. And then uh, Ouroboros, um, which is kind of how would you describe how would you describe that one? Um, making multiple lines on one line. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Which and is really hard to do. It is. It is. It, and so. it's an incredible tool that, that makes that a lot easier. Um, what would be the best way for people to go check those those out? Um, you could go to my website, and that's uh, sondervondijk.tv. Cool. And then you can go to tools, and that's where you'll you'll find all that stuff. Uh, and then you also also there, and you, you just mentioned your After Effects article. Uh, Sander wrote this in, incredible kind of write up of uh, maybe a vision uh, for the future uh, about you know where where After Effects might head uh, to kind of help uh, make the program a bit more efficient. Uh, mm. And that is incredible. I, lo- I loved all that. It's definitely worth checking out. Um, but I'm curious: is there any particular reason why? Um, kind of, kind of back to focusing on on motion design. Is there any reason why you think that motion design and animation in specific is such a powerful tool um, to help kind of facilitate change? Yeah, um, I think because motion design and animation can show you how something works. Like mm-hmm. rather than having to explain it in language or argue about it, uh, you can just you know, see how it works and see how it does, does its thing. Um, and in the same way, motion design and animation can can really engage people in a story, like a movie does. Uh, and in, in that movie, you could show people a different world. And that can help people imagine that better world. Yeah. Um, and it can help them imagine what that would look like. So, and and... Like we are visual communicators, so for us it's really easy to visualize and imagine things. But uh, for for some people, it might not be. And once once people can imagine, uh, once people can imagine a better world, they can start to, you know, it's the first step in, in creation. Is is they can start building it, sure, and and share that vision with other people. It feel, feels very like sci-fi, like science fictionist, almost like. Um... I don't yeah. know, like building worlds and like kind of imagining what the future might be like. Well, um, that in yeah. in that extent, like that's that it is kind of it's giving us all these beliefs, right? All these movies that we see, and sure. and it's helping us imagine like how how dinosaurs were back in the day, you know? Oh yeah. Even though you've never seen a dinosaur before, it kind of tra- tra- transports to that, us to that world, and it helps us understand how how that time might have been. So like. It, in that case, it's a really powerful tool uh, in order to sort of sketch that picture of what a better world would look like. Mm. So it kind of in, in looking at your work, I mean, I, I try to watch as many videos as I can for anybody who comes on the show. Um, like, I really feel like you've got a great kind of consistent voice behind, behind your work um, throughout, you know, the entire kind of landscape. Um, is, is there a specific philosophy behind how you create your work? And I don't necessarily mean like style because there's definitely a, like a varying style within, mm. um, you know, the 2D animated style itself that, that you've kind yeah. of explored throughout the work. But I don't know, is there any kind of core philosophy behind it? Yeah, I think what, the one thing that all these projects have in common or I think good projects have in common is that in, in the beginning, when it begins, you're 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 trying to get as close to the idea 
that you're communicating as possible. Mm. Um, trying to fully understand what it is that the client is trying to communicate. Um, and that means asking, asking a lot of questions and really listening uh, because, I, because I'm actually going to translate that idea uh, using visual communication. So I need to fully understand it. And preferably, in that case, you, you would talk to some, someone that had the idea directly, like the CEO of a company who really understands his business. Um, and because what we find, we, we find a lot in these days is that there's such a big gap in between uh, the CEO who has the idea of the, and, and all the way down the line, the person oh, is actually sitting down it's incredible. and visually communicates that idea. <laughs> and horrible and, and terrifying. CEO, yeah. marketing director, to agency, to studio, to freelance. Yeah. And then there's probably like, you know, at, at each of those different stages, man, it, it can be incredibly frustrating. Like, especially when like you're trying to communicate like what you have and then that just gets passed up the chain and then the feedback gets passed down the chain and it's just like, yeah. it's so inefficient sometimes. But, you know, it doesn't, it isn't always that way. Not it isn't always that for way. Sure. And, and, but. and if people become aware of this, then maybe, you know, we can sh make that circuit shorter. Yeah. Uh, because a lot of, a lot of the ideas get diluted down the process, and 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 maybe it's more of like uh like everyone is trying to you know have something to say about it so that they can feel like they they have some sort of a, a position in in the project, uh, but it kind of becomes like a game of telephone for sure uh, where yeah. everyone is like whispering in each other's ear and the message comes out all different. Um, so I feel like if you want to make a good animation, you have to really understand the concept that you're communicating. Um, you have to really be part of it and yeah. understand it because then you can care about it and communicate it. And yeah, and, and, and caring about it is, is another thing is like if you happen to work on a project, then you're going to get to know a whole lot about that topic because you're, you're working on it for a couple of weeks. So it's almost like a personal investment uh, if you choose to work on something of your interest because you're getting to really, really understand what that concept is all about. The work that you do also also leads to more work. So when sure, people yeah. see the projects that you love to work on on your portfolio, that will attract more projects like that. So now imagine like what happens if you're constantly working on projects that you don't care about, mm. and you yeah, know you're just going to get more projects like that. Yeah, exactly. You're going to get more projects that you don't care about, and yeah. at some point you it's going to tire tire you out. I feel like so, yeah. So once you kind of have that that core message, um, where where do you go next? How do you what what is your next step in the process? Sure. Um, next is I guess finding a medium and and somewhat of a style to that that communicates that message in the best way. Mm -hmm. um, another important thing is like once you found a medium or a style is is to test if it really if it really is right for the platform. So making a quick test or trying various things like could really help here where you're really you're really testing if the message that you're communicating is coming across. Sure. Yeah. Does that look like for you animatics or like style mm -hmm. frames where you get into animation in that kind of experimentation phase? Yeah, I think pulling pulling reference, uh designing style frames, um, you know, doing a voice doing a quick voiceover recording. Oh nice. Um, yeah. Doing a boardomatic, you know, like uh, I think those things can all really help to sort of like give an idea of what the end product or the end result will look like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and and yeah, and that's a good thing to do at the start. 
Yeah. What? How? How do you know? Is there any kind of particular advice you can give? Because I think this is this can be a really hard part of a project. Like, how do you know when you've kind of find the right medium or style? I think it makes a really complex concept really easy to understand. Mm. And if people get it, yeah. and often with visual communication, you can just show someone how it works. Um, that's a big shortcut. Sure. Like, for example, if you take might not be as related, but if you take a book, it takes a long time to read a book. Yeah. Uh, but if you do an audiobook, you can read a book a lot quicker. So it's it's taking a lot of information and putting it in a different medium and a different style. And uh, all of a sudden, it's easier to absorb and easier to connect to get that message. So that's kind of like how it will work. Yeah. Well, and speaking of style, like I feel like this is an ever ongoing conversation. Um, in animation, in design, and illustration—I mean, any any kind of creative work—and yeah. um, and I know you were uh, part of a motionographer article a little while ago on uh, trends and like how you know certain things are in style and out of style. Um, but I think ultimately, a lot of us are just trying to create something new. I think we're we're trying mm. to go after creating something original, showing the world something they've never seen before. Um, I don't know. Do you do you have any thoughts on that? Because that's it's it's incredibly challenging. Making something new yeah. is, is so difficult. How do you go about that? Well, I think you should always aspire to creating something original. Sure. Um, I believe original work originates out of asking yourself the question, like what style is right for the concept, and what technique gets gets this story across, or or what technique gets the emotion across that you want to communicate. Um, and I think when you're, when you're operating out of a mindset like that, you'll be more likely to create something original. Yeah. And this landscape of mediums and styles is, is changing all the time. Like we, oh, we yeah. have VR now, we have 360 video and people are exploring with those kinds of new techniques. And there's a lot of opportunity for original work that way. Sure. So I think it all starts there. Yeah. Well, and, and with kind of all this new technology and, you know, the ever-changing styles, um, I don't know, you've, you've got to do a lot of a lot of learning to keep up and also just like trying to push yourself further and, and, and get better. So I'm curious, what, what have you been learning about lately? What have you been kind of pushing yourself on? Hmm. Learning. Um, I, I, I've been, I haven't been learning much new things lately. Uh, but what, one thing that I continuously learn about is uh, numbers because, um, because it's related to everything from coding a tool to sure. designing to animating yeah. um, all the way to carpentry even. Um, all, all these things, the, the one thing that all these things have in common is, is numbers. And we have, for example, uh, numbers on its own, which is math. And we have numbers in space, which is geometry. And we have numbers over time, which could be considered music. And then a combination of that is like numbers over space and time, which yeah. comes closer to something like motion graphics. Um, so, yeah, I feel like that that's always a, a, a big topic to learn about. And you can learn forever about, about numbers. Math, kids. Math is important. It's not as boring as you think it would be. <laughs> my, my wife is a math teacher, and her kids uh -oh. are like, I'm never going to use this. And I'm like, lies. I use math every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, math is a really interesting, like numbers are really interesting. It's the only really language. It's like a universal language that every 
person speaks and it's it's not really invented by anyone it's kind of just found oh yeah like yeah. it's very unique and and it, it's it flows through everything everything yep. that we make and yeah man although that isaac newton guy he did invent calculus so i was listening to a podcast that on that the other day it's <laughs> incredible but anyways yeah. yeah, I mean, there's different levels of, sure. of, like, I'm not very good at math myself. I'm more good at the math that's considering uh, math in space, yeah. geometry. Uh, some people are really music-oriented, uh, uh, you know, they, um, so they're, they're using math over time. Yeah, and, and that's interesting, because that's, that's actually what calculus is. I was listening to a podcast the other day. It was, um, like, How Stuff Works podcast, I think. Um, and they were talking about Sir Isaac Newton inventing calculus uh, because he saw the limitations of geometry, which was that geometry only talks about shapes and um, kind of physical objects in, in slivers of time, like still moments. And so basically he needed something, a, a version of math, a language of math that wanted to kind of be able to extrapolate that, extrapolate geometry over time. Um, yeah, and that, that became calculus, and essentially that's what we do every day. So would you have any advice for anyone looking to maybe get started into you know, animation and, and motion design? Sure. I think um, find out. I would start with finding out what you're really passionate about, and it really goes for everything, not just animation and motion design. Um, yeah, find out what you're passionate about. If you don't know, just look up something that you really <laughs> like to do yeah. um, and then go explore that and connect with people that are doing what you want to be doing and surround yourself with those people. Um, I actually heard this interesting quote the other day that um, if that you are the average of the five people you hang out with the most. <laughs> yeah, I like so that. Yeah. I, thought, I thought that was interesting. So if you go hang out with a bunch of people that you know, you're really inspired by and, and you want to learn their skill, um, then like if you're, for example, in a studio with a lot of really talented people, you're probably going to adopt some of these talents and techniques. Yeah. Uh, so that would be good at advice. And, then, and another thing... Um, is to always ask yourself the question is like, what am I spending my time on? And is that something that is going to help me get to where I want to be in life? Mm, yeah. And you can only spend time once, so you should spend it really well. And I think Steve Jobs has a, has a great speech about that um, that was recorded at, I think, uh, I think Stanford College. Um, you can find it on YouTube. Cool. Yeah, yeah um, we'll try to put a link in the show you, notes or something. Yeah, if you watch that, you'll... you'll You'll go back to you'll. It's kind of like hitting the reset button. Be like, oh wait a second, what am I doing? I like, know is this gonna be? Is this what I want to be doing? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, ask yourself those questions, and I feel like you'll you'll be able to figure it out. Sweet. Well, this has been incredibly fun, um, but unfortunately, our time is is wrapping up. But we try to end each episode with a few questions. Uh, so the first one: What is your dream client? Ooh. Um. That's a tough one. I think <laughs> my ideal project would be my ideal client would be someone that has a very complex idea mm -hmm. and then trying to communicate that in a really easy to understand way so that it can sure. empower someone else or that someone else can actually understand that idea. Um, I think 
that is sort of the, the framework of, of my dream client or dream project. Um, Very yeah, cool. I think a lot of things fit into that. Yeah. All right, next one. What is your favorite animated film? Hmm. Uh, I, I like a lot of these animated films, especially the ones from, from Pixar. Um, I've I've been I've been too busy to watch do to watch movies. So um, what what I actually do is I I I always collect collect all the movies I want to watch, and then whenever next time I'm sitting on a plane, I just watch like three movies in a row. Um, <laughs> nice. And uh, actually, another thing uh, that I really enjoy is uh, is Adventure Time. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah Those yeah. episodes are like ten minutes, so it's really fun little like crazy, uh, interesting cool. episodes. So yeah. What do the people you love think that you do for a living? Maybe your your grandma or your parents or yeah, <laughs> I, th- I think my parents have a good idea of what I do. Um, yeah, I think they'll be able to explain it. Um, one thing I really, one thing I really like to thank my parents for is that they always really like like no matter if they would be able to understand it, <laughs> they would just let me go with it. And they would just let me go with what I wanted to do. And then it must have been like, oh, this, guy's, this guy wants to you know, be creative and make things. Let's just give him a go with that. And yeah, I, that's awesome. I feel like, yeah, I feel like they've always given me the freedom to carve out my own path. And especially with like leaving the country for a long long amounts of time like it can be hard sometimes for sure um, yeah but yeah that that's something i'm very thankful of and yeah so thanks mom and dad yeah mom and dad all right last question what animal did you choose for your animal later gif and why yeah um i chose a squirrel nice uh, because i live in new york and whenever whenever you're going somewhere in this uh, big concrete jungle and you're walking across a park uh, you'll see these little squirrels jumping around everywhere, and that's something I really appreciate about New York. That like you're pretty far removed from nature, so um, whenever you see like a, a wild animal, <laughs> it, it it's very <laughs> cool. And and <laughs> I, yeah, besides I really a pigeon, like, I guess, right? Besides pigeons, yeah, uh, so many wild animals. <laughs> uh, and I, yeah, I really like the way they move around, and uh, I, I can look at them forever. And, like they just really animate so funny and yeah it's awesome. good for inspiration yeah well well Sander thanks so much for coming on the show it has been a blast yeah, thank you Animalators is produced by Gradient find out more at gradient.is our theme music was written and produced by Cody Fry you can hear more about his music at codyfry.com to learn more about the work we're doing at Identity Visuals, check out identityvisuals.com or follow us on Twitter at Identity Visuals. Don't forget to go to animalators.com where you can see Saunders Animalator and check out all the other incredible animalators from previous guests as well. If you haven't done it yet, be sure and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. You can find us on SoundCloud and Stitcher as well. Well, that'll do it for this week's podcast. We'll see you all in a couple weeks for another episode of Animalators. Curious conversations from the world of animation. <laughs>